Hello, hello, hello. I know, I know what you're thinking. I know this episode was meant to be uploaded last week. But the past week has been rather eventful. And I did try freezing time or even slowing it down. But I obviously was defeated. But we're here now, right? Better late than never. Right. (laughs) Right. Great. A warm welcome to this week's episode on Learning with Lindo where we aim to destigmatize learning disabilities. This is a mission that I hope I am achieving with each episode that you get to listen to and that you get to share. So yes, please do share, share, share. We've covered four topics so far, namely dyslexia, dysphagia, dyscalculia, and dysgraphia. If you haven't listened to these episodes, please go ahead and do so. This week, though, we're talking all things dyspraxia. I know many people are thinking, well, that's just clumsiness, isn't it? Hmm. The term is commonly used to describe anyone who is clumsy or has poor coordination. But honestly, that really isn't it. So firstly, let's get some clarity on the use of the terms dyspraxia or developmental coordination disorder. Dyspraxia is the unofficial but widely used term. A formal diagnosis, though, would be called developmental coordination disorder, which I will refer to as DCD for the rest of this episode. The terms are often used interchangeably, but DCD is the formal diagnosis. Children with DCD must have delays with their motor skills. These delays need to be greater than would be expected for their age. Their difficulties need to affect all areas of their life, so both at home and at school. The delays in their motor skills must also not be due to any other medical condition. It is recommended that this condition is not diagnosed until the age of 7 because the skills that are needed for organization, planning and timekeeping are mostly used to self-regulate once children start school. So for this episode, I will be using the two terms, dyspraxia and developmental coordination disorder, interchangeably. Although the term dyspraxia is commonly used to describe motor planning difficulties and clumsiness, it isn't a formal diagnosis because it is not listed in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Therefore, pediatricians and occupational therapists use the term developmental coordination disorder when giving a formal diagnosis, even if they are referring to it as dyspraxia. Well then, what is dyspraxia? Dyspraxia is a brain-based motor disorder, motor meaning movement. It affects fine and gross motor skills, motor planning and coordination. I'm going to break down the definitions for the four things I've just mentioned, which are fine motor skills, gross motor skills, motor planning and coordination. Fine motor skills are achieved when children learn to use their smaller muscles like the muscles in the hands the fingers and the wrists children use their fine motor skills when writing holding small items buttoning their pants or shirts or clothing turning pages eating cutting with scissors and or using keyboards movement of the whole arm the legs and the trunk are all gross motor movements so gross meaning big right 
Just a few examples of these are catching a ball, balancing or climbing, jumping on a trampoline, playing tag and running races. You're probably thinking, uh, this is all the stuff we used to do as kids, right? Well, yeah, now we all know why it was so important. Motor planning. Motor planning is important for all activities. This is the ideation or the thinking behind the things that we do or the movements that we make. So this would include everyday tasks like brushing your teeth, washing your hands. And kids who struggle with motor planning may take a long time to learn and complete physical tasks like tying their shoes. Lastly, coordination. Coordination usually refers to whether a child can get the arms and the legs to work in a coordinated effective way all right um i used to struggle with this i still do struggle with this uh, and i picked it up when i would uh, do um zumba or any gym class that required me to be using both arms and legs and moving it in you know in a uniformed or consistent manner i generally did struggle with that and in addition many tasks which require coordinated movements also require the child to have good motor planning to time their movements accurately dyspraxia is not related to intelligence but it can sometimes affect cognitive skills it causes a child to perform less well than expected in their daily activities for their age and to also appear to move clumsily dcd is thought to be around three or four times more common in boys than in girls and the condition sometimes runs in families now what are the signs and symptoms to look out for if your child has dyspraxia, you might notice delayed milestones such as lifting the head, rolling over and sitting up. Please note that children with this condition may eventually reach these milestones on time. Other signs and symptoms to look out for can include unusual body positions, general irritability, so a child that is constantly, you know, hyper aware or being um, irritated or affected by any form of stimulus sensitivity to loud noises so a child that is um, intensely um, irritated by loud noises or reacts to every loud noise like a bang a crash or whatever and feeding or sleeping problems so if your child has a consistent feeding and sleeping problems and also a high level of uncontrolled movement in their arms and legs. As your child grows, you may also observe delays in the following. So they might have delays in crawling and walking and potty training, self-feeding and self-dressing. Dyspraxia makes it hard to organize physical movements. So for example, you might have a child trying to walk across a living room carrying books and they can't manage to do it without tripping, bumping into something or dropping their books. It does sound a bit clumsy, right? Yeah. Other signs and symptoms, symptoms may include an unusual posture. So this is a posture that would in essence be affected, would seem to be affected by their core muscles and uh, difficulty with their fine motor skills like uh, writing artwork and playing with blocks and puzzles. So you'll see that they struggle to pick up the little pieces, the little puzzles, but also to put them together. They wouldn't know how much pressure to exert on two things, on two blocks for them to, to join together. They also might have coordination problems that might make it difficult for them to hop, skip, jump, or catch a ball. And these are things that can only be noticed through observation. So it is imperative, it is important for parents to play with their kids. And if 
parents cannot play with their kids it is important to watch them play so you re- you better read that comment from the physical education teacher or the sports coach because uh, a lot of things can explain why other th- why your child will be struggling with other things also if your child is hand flapping fidgeting or being easily excitable and if they are a messy eater or a messy drinker at the age where it should not be messy and also if your child throws temper has temper tantrums that are beyond the terrible twos dyspraxia may persist into adulthood and these are some of the signs and symptoms to be aware of in adults so an abnormal posture uh, that would seem to be affected by obviously their core um, also balance movements issues or gait abnormalities gait abnormalities which is how someone walks so you'll constantly have this person tripping over their own feet or having a terrible posture as if they're slouching uh, poor hand and eye coordination fatigue trouble learning a new skill organization and planning problems difficulty writing or using a keyboard and also having a hard time with grooming themselves or household chores now what causes dyspraxia doing coordinated movements is a complex process that involves many different different nerves and parts of the brain and any problem in this process could potentially lead to difficulties with movement and coordination it's not usually clear why coordination doesn't develop as well as other abilities in children with dcd it could have to do with the variations in the way the neurons in the brain develop so how the brain works is that let's think of it as a broken telephone um the first person or initially the first person would have to send a message and then the next person sends the message up until it gets to the action that needs to be taken so the pe- the things that are responsible for that in the brain are called neurons and these are neurotransmitters that send messages to each other which in, in essence then allows us to do the movements that we do so what happens in dcd is that there's no communication or the communication is not at its peak so like a broken telephone you would have the brain saying okay guys let us walk or let us catch that ball and because the communication or the messengers are slow or they're not communicating with each other the action then becomes impossible to accomplish this affects the way that the brain sends messages to the rest of the body that could be why it's so hard to plan a series of movement and then carry them out successfully. However, a number of risk factors can increase a child's likelihood of developing developmental coordination disorders. And these have been identified as being born prematurely. So any child born before the 37th week of pregnancy is at a higher risk of, ha- of developing DCD. A child born with low birth weight, a child that has a family history of DCD, although it is not clear which genes may be involved in the condition. A mother drinking alcohol or taking drugs while pregnant, so this includes legal drugs such as alcohol and smoking. How is DCD diagnosed? If your child often runs into things, drops things, or struggles with physical coordination, it doesn't mean that they have dyspraxia. It's not cast in stone. These symptoms could be a sign of a number of other conditions or nothing at all. So it's important to see a pediatrician for a thorough evaluation. 
because a medical doctor will then assess factors such as your medical history the child's fine motor skills the gross motor skills the development developmental milestones and also other mental abilities now is dyspraxia treatable for a small number of children yeah the symptoms can resolve on their own as they age but that's not the case for most children there's no cure for dcd but there are a number of therapies that can help children to manage their problems these therapies include being taught ways of doing activities that they find difficult so such as breaking down difficult movements into smaller parts and practicing them regularly also adapting tasks to make them easier such as using special grips and pens and pencils so that they're easier to hold although dcd does not affect how intelligent the child is it can make it more difficult for them to learn and they may need extra help to keep up at school because it's different for everybody treatment must be tailored to individual needs the treatment plan will depend on a number of factors the severity of your child's symptoms and other coexisting conditions are the key to finding the right therapies and services and some of the health care professionals that you may work with if your child is suspected to have developmental coordination disorders are occupational therapist a pediatric specialist a physical therapist a psychologist and or a speech and language therapist some children will do well with minor interventions but other kids will need more intense therapies to show even the tiniest improvement but whatever therapies you choose you need every parent needs to understand that these can be adjusted along the way so as your child makes an improvement or if there's a regression your therapist will recommend a the appropriate therapy appropriate therapy plan finally like all the recent episodes i've communicated that there are specific therapies that will assist an any individual living with a learning disability and i cannot stress enough how important this step is because therapy can help your child gain confidence which may also help them to interact and grow socially your child's school can provide special accommodations to make learning easier but this needs to come as a recommendation from a qualified professional adults can also benefit from occupational therapy as well this can help with practical everyday matters involving small motor skills and organizational skills individuals might also benefit from cognitive behavior therapy or talk therapy because this can help adjust their thinking and behavior patterns and also help individuals with their confidence and self-esteem a classic case of a child who might be dyspraxic can be defined as experiencing difficulty with making actions happen in the physical sense so generally for an action to happen there are three things that need to be considered three things that need to take place the first one is ideation and ideation means coming up with the idea or having the idea of what to do so let's say you're a kid and you've got a box of lego in front of you your idea might be to build a castle so you have the idea these are legos and with legos i can build a castle now the next step is to plan so planning is the figuring out on how to go about doing your idea. So with the Lego, you might decide that you need all the long bricks to create the outline of the castle 
or you might then decide oh i know where the doors will be and where i'm going to put my windows and whilst you're building you're constantly figuring out which bricks to put where to bring your idea to life the third and the last part is the doing the doing is the part where your body moves so for the lego it involves using your fingers to put the bricks together and having the ability to line the bricks up so that they fit it also includes making sure that you press the right amount of force to bring the idea to life for a for a dyspraxia diagnosis there must be a difficult with ideation and or the planning there's a girl that I worked with that was diagnosed with dyspraxia. Uh, she physically she had a bent over posture. She would never lift her foot when she walked, and she didn't bend her knees. Weird, I know. It was very weird to watch. Imagine trying to walk and not bend your knees. Like she bent her knees as minimally as possible, and she would also shuffle her feet. And whenever she climbed up a flight of stairs, she would need something or someone to hold on to. This little girl always needed to be told what to do. And if not, she wouldn't do anything. Like you would leave her somewhere and you would find her sitting there not doing anything, even with things in front of her. And if you put a toy in front of her, she wouldn't touch it. She always looked like she wasn't stimulated and she would spend the entire recess on the school play field just staring into the sky until one of her friends would nudge her and pull her into the circle and she'd still stand there and seem clueless. She benefited from active toys such as technological gadgets because these required minimal action on her part. So... She could just sit on YouTube and you would put on a video and obviously um, the next video would come up and she would watch every video because she didn't need to engage the toy. She also struggled with play that required her imagination or toys that needed to be manipulated to work. She found turning her book pages very difficult and would often grab the pages with the use of her entire palm and like her fingers, like literally grabbing the pages just to turn them. This little girl was 12, but she still needed to be dressed and undressed. Her mom would cut up her food into bite-sized portions, and she ate foods that were easily proportioned. She would trip over her feet and came across as very clumsy. So from a distance, and if you didn't know what dyspraxia was, you would think, oh no, she just needs to control herself and her movements better. And the funniest thing was, if you threw a ball at her during playtime, she would stand and clap her hands. It just didn't make sense to her that, oh, you need, we need to catch the ball. Her favorite activity was sitting still with her hands on her lap and watching everything happen around her. She also loved to watch music videos and movies, but could never explain what the things she watched were about. And at face value, this might seem like a trivial issue to struggle with, but imagine how this affects her learning and her daily life. It is important to remember that if you are the one helping a child or adult with dyspraxia, they will need more time and more help when learning new tasks. Secondly, they will not necessarily generalize or transfer skills that they've learned from one activity to the next. I've seen a child unable to transfer a skill of putting on a jersey to putting on a t-shirt because the two items were different for, for them. It was like learning the skill of putting on a jersey all over again when you had to put on the t-shirt. He was not being difficult or naughty. He generally, genuinely could not transfer the skills. People with dyspraxia 
will need support to either come up with ideas to figure out a plan how to plan an idea or both this is different to children who have the idea and know what to do but have poor coordination and just need to work on their motor skills if your child is showing these symptoms get them checked out by a pediatrician as soon as possible dyspraxia is not a death sentence nor is it a a reflection of a person's intelligence so let us get individuals especially children the help that they need Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode of Learning with Lindo.